fans it's time for that sports show not just any sports show not this sports show no that sports show i'm your host jeremy the impact dork welcome into a um hoping to make wednesday the regular day for this i just i think it's instead of you know i know it's thursday uh wednesday's wednesday or thursday we're gonna really start pushing this but either way welcome in there is uh, a lot of stuff we want to get into we're gonna talk world cup a little braves uh, some Hawks, as they've had some craziness go down here soon, and uh, obviously we'll start off with the NFL, but before we do, I want to let you guys know that if you would like to contact the show, leave a question, comment, suggestion, rating, review, uh, treasure map, we're still accepting those apparently, you can do so the following ways. You can go, you can email us at 3 zone at gmail.com. That's the number three, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Impact Media, That Sports Show, Jeremy and uh, Jeremy York, any of those should be able to find us. If you're one of those people who, are, who like to just click a link and listen to a show, you can go to Twitter, at Team Impact Media, to scroll down to... In this case, that sports show, but to the appropriate show, you can click it and listen as many times as you want. There is no cap on that. You can, if you would like to follow me for show-related things like the links and other stories and fun things we find, or for things away from the show and other fun things we get into, you can do so by following at the Impact Ninety Nine on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. And, of course, you can find us anywhere there is a podcast, including Podcast One, Spotify, and the iTunes Store. If there's a place you regularly find a podcast that you cannot find us, please let us know. We will fix that accordingly. Now, as I said, let's get into some NFL. There are some, some bigger things happening right now. Uh, the Raiders and the Rams are playing. I think they're into the first quarter at this point. Uh, it should be a decent game. Hopefully the Raiders can can uh, get a win on the board. The, the Rams, well, speaking of the Rams, they've got a new quarterback. Has recently released Baker Mayfield from the Carolina Panthers. Has signed with the Los Angeles Rams. I know a lot of people were like, uh, just, uh, just befuzzled by this particular thing. But it, it makes a lot of sense. Baker, I believe, requested that uh, he get his release because he kind of see the writing on the wall that things aren't really panning out in Carolina for him. And, you know, it's, it's better to try to move on now if you can. I don't know if he heard word that L.A. could potentially need one. We know that... Uh, San Francisco is down to their 
third string. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, L.A. down to their set. I got their backup in, but their third has been there. But uh, he gets his release from Carolina. He signs with the Rams. There is, is he playing tonight? Do we know? I, I thought I saw that John Wolford was getting the start. Do we know that yet? We are looking that up. Producer Sunshine on it. She's telling me that pretty sure okay we don't particularly know yet alright I think John Walford is um, in the game if I'm not mistaken there we go yep John Walford okay so he is starting so that means Baker is the backup but you got to think of it from Baker's perspective. Baker gets a fresh start with, uh, we're not sure if, if Matthew Stafford is going to, uh, not sure when he could be back this year, let alone next year. Um, it's getting to a point where the Rams could, could potentially want to flip the team or just move on for him in general. So Baker sees the opportunity to kind of move in and get the potential opportunity. And who knows, he could be what Sean McVay wants to wants to go forward with so it's it's good on him to get in there especially if he thinks he can beat out John Walford or potentially be the backup to to challenge him it does give the Rams a lot of flexibility and like I said maybe they move on from Matt Stafford maybe that's something they actually want uh, are considering it would save them some money and I, I've said all all along Baker at his worst is a high-end backup at his best He's probably a middle-of-the-pack to lower-end starter. You know, not going not gonna to set the world on fire with his overall play, but he's a really skilled quarterback who can get the job done in the right situation. I thought San Francisco would be a good destination for him if he was going to look at it, but it uh, looks like the Rams, they were a, a worse team, so they probably got the... They probably got the waiver claim. Uh, but Baker, Baker Mayfield, like I said, there there is a chance that we don't know what McVay's going to do. There's a chance McVay moves on. And if he does, you know, Baker can say, I'm, a, I'm already in the building. I'd love to stay on for this. It's a good opportunity. So we'll see what happens with that. I wish him the best. I, I do think in the McVay offense that he can do some really good things. I would like to see him try. I think later this year we're going to get a chance to see that. So, you know, good for Baker Mayfield. John Wolford's a, a pretty decent quarterback, too. I think I saw him play in the, AA, uh, the uh, AAF. And good pickup for the Rams. Uh, I mentioned a minute ago about the 49ers are to their third string because we all know they had Trey Lance. Trey Lance, uh, not quite as durable as uh, distant, fictitious cousin Laurel Lance. To get that reference, uh, send us a message. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll pick a winner and send you guys something. But definitely not as durable as Laurel Lance. Laurel Lance, but he gets injured. 
Well, that's okay because you didn't get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. You couldn't really find a suitor you really liked, so you kept him, and he come in. It turns out Jimmy connects from the offense, and the 49ers were really getting on a roll. And then Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. And so you got to go to the third string that was the second string in Brock Purdy. What do we know about Brock Purdy? Well, we know he was a four-year starter. I believe he started... 34 or 35 games, I believe, maybe 32, for, I think, the Iowa Hawkeyes. If not, it was Iowa State. I'm pretty, I thought it was Iowa. Um, he was also Mr. Irrelevant. He was the very last pick of this year's draft. There's a reason why he got drafted that low. He's not a very big guy. Uh, he can sometimes be erratic with his passes. There's some things he needs to work on, but... He also has Kyle Shanahan as a coach. Kyle's pretty good at coaching up quarterbacks. So Brock Purdy comes in last week and seems to be able to move the offense. And this is no film on him. Defense trying to figure him out. Seems like they, you know, seems like here and there he was able to run the offense pretty good. He looked uh, Garoppolo-like a little bit. He's a little more mobile than Garoppolo, but it's because Garoppolo is a statue that uh, the fact that his little mobility is better than no mobility. But good for him. I believe he's starting this week. Who do they got this week? They got producer Sassy telling me, oh, the Buccaneers. That is the 425 window game. God, they might smoke the Buccaneers. They... There's, there is a potential landslide right there. That, if the Niners get rolling early, they may pack the Buccaneers in one of those cannons on the side of that ship and shoot them out across the bay. Yikes! Yikes! Tampa Bay versus the Bay Area. Yeah, you definitely take the 49ers in that one. But Purdy's starting. He looks pretty good. Like I said, there was, it's kind of like Mike White. There wasn't a lot of tape on him. Mike White's done an exceptional job in his couple starts and mop-up duty and things up in uh, for the Jets. So maybe you see these change of sceneries. You see these, uh, they go to the backups. And they seem to thrive. Maybe Baker does good for the Rams. Uh, we see Brock Purdy doing good here. We'll have to see. We'll have to see how things go. I like I like Brock Purdy. I'm not saying that because all of a sudden he's in and he's a starter and I'm just trying to make it sound like I'm super smart. I'm not. I'm knowledgeable maybe, but I'm not trying to t take credit for this one. Didn't see it coming at all. But from what I saw last week and what the reports you hear in practice, and that's practice. I know we're talking about practice. I get it, AI. I get it. But from what I'm hearing, uh... The kid's kind of picking stuff up, and McCaffrey is, is getting used to him. And, uh, you know, for you fantasy football owners with Debo Samuel, who has not had the world's best season, I would know I have him on a team. And there's my weekly update on my fantasy team. Uh, but he's going to kind of need a security blanket going forward and McCaffrey out of the backfield and Debo over the middle are probably going to be those options. Kittle's not having the world's best season either and it's amazing because 
they're what? Eight, eight and four? They're eight and four. And they've been rolling. And it's not for any particular reason other than they're just outscoring their opponent and they're making it work. Uh, looks like Baker Mayfield came in for the second drive for the Rams and led them to a field goal. I would be willing to bet he's going to end up being the starter possibly the rest of the year. Good for Baker. Sorry for John Walford. Good for Baker Mayfield. But we're in a different era. If you don't have a quarterback or you don't have one that's playing very well or you think the other guy just has a chance, sometimes you, you just take that chance. What a great transition that is going to be because word came down this morning that our hometown Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons, made the announcement this morning that we're going to see the rookie. We're going to see Desmond Ritter. It's going to be not this week because they don't play. They're on the bye. Next week, when they come off the bye week, he is going to start against the Saints in New Orleans. Wow, what a great welcome to the NFL moment. He's going to play in the Superdome or whatever they call that down there now. But here we go, Falcons fans. You're one game out of the of leading the division. Um, how are we looking wild card wise? Are they in the wild card? No. Oh well. Actually, they are. They're only two games out of a potential wild card berth. So. All right, but Falcons fans, I've said this all along. You know what you get out of Mariota. Maybe Coach Smith finally saw something in practice from the kid and said, you know what, we're going to ride with him. We're going to see We're going to see what he's actually got. So there you go, Falcons fans. We all said there was a chance that by the – by the bye week, there would be a good chance to potentially try him out. Well, that's what they're doing. He's had 14 weeks on the sideline. He's either ready now or he's never going to be, you know. Ideally, you want to sit him for a year, but I also agree that it's not that Mariota has been lighting the world on fire either. Uh, he's barely been smoking the smoke of the leaves here, so I guess that's a weird reference. He's... <laughs> He's barely got smoke going in the fireplace. Let's go, let's go that way. So we'll, we'll see what happens. He's going to have everybody but Pitts as, as his full arsenal. We'll see what the guy can do. And we'll see next week. We'll talk a little more about it as we'll preview it before it happens. But we'll see what Desmond Ritter does. And then lastly, the other NFL thing I want to talk about before I talk a little more Falcons. Or no, that's the main Falcons thing. Uh... Last thing, Von Miller officially is out with a torn ACL. He had surgery, I believe, yesterday. So he will be out at least eight months. I think if it's that bad, you go ahead and have it. Buffalo has already loaded up their team. So it's they're going to miss his leadership and miss a little bit of his on-field play. But I think Buffalo's going to be fine. Wish all the best thoughts, prayers, and everything to Von Miller. Uh, just a, a great ambassador of the game, and look forward to seeing him back on the field next year with a fully healed ACL. 
As I said, the Falcons are on the bye. They will play next week, Sunday, 1 o'clock game versus the Saints. That will be one to watch because the Saints are going to want to come after this kid, and he's going to want to prove that he can do it. Definitely something to look forward to. Uh, while we're at it, let's go into a little bit of, uh, let's talk about the Hawks. Now, the Hawks have kind of hit a little bit of a skid. Uh, you have, I, I will talk about the little bit of a rift between Nate McMillan, the head coach, and Trey Young, the star player. One of the star players. Uh, we also had DeJounte Murray. He's going to be out for a couple weeks with a, is that, was that a foot injury? Did we ever get the actual there it is Jonte Murray expected to miss about two weeks with a sprained left ankle dang it he was one of the ones really holding this together while Trey was trying to get things started because at the moment Trey Young is off to a slow start uh, his, even his three point shooting is down it just seems like I, I don't know what's going on I tend to think it's a little in his head I don't know if uh, he, he was so used to trying to to be Superman last year that now that he's just asked to be a part of the Justice League that he's, he's having issues with it or if it's I mean I think it's got to be an injury or something right it's, it's got to be something that's holding him back from being who he normally is so um, in their last uh, just just in the last week they played last Friday and won that one 117 to 109. They look pretty good there. They actually look good against the Thunder uh, because the the one over the Nuggets, by the way, they did without Trey Young. We'll get to that in a minute. Then they lose to the Thunder 121 to 114 on Monday, and then last night they go up to New York where they usually can beat the Knickerbockers, and they they had a stinker. 113 to 89. The Knicks get the win in that one. Uh, the upcoming games they have before we will do another show. Tomorrow night, they will be in Brooklyn to take on the Nets. 7.30 tip-off there. On Sunday, they will host the Bulls at State Farm Arena. 6.30 tip-off there. On Monday, they will go up to Vancouver. Or up to Memphis, rather. Not Vancouver. They're not there anymore. Up to Memphis. 8 p.m. tip-off that is on NBA TV Monday night against the Grizzlies. And depending on if we get to it or not, they will be in Orlando next Wednesday to take on the Hawks. I mean, they take on the Hawks. They are the Hawks. To take on the Magic. This just got me all frazzled. Take on the Magic. Uh, 7 p.m. tip-off there. Now, let's get into this Trey Young thing. From what I've heard, and I've heard from uh, some pretty credible sources, and sources that have better sources than me even, uh, people like Caleb Johnson from the Nothing But Nest podcast, uh, he's with 92.9 The Game, uh, they, he has a fantastic podcast, him and his co-host and everything, um, definitely go check that out, I've known Caleb for a long time, he is very detailed and very in-depth and when you hear him break down press conferences and games and Hawks notes you would swear he is a member of the team he's just that good shout out to Caleb he's doing a, a fantastic thing there with uh, I think Deshaun 
is his co-host. Uh, fantastic guy as well. But from what I'm hearing, not just from Caleb, from other people, Trey Young has a, a, a dinged-up shoulder. And somehow him and head coach, Nate McMillan, get into it to where it basically comes down to Nate says, you need to be here for shoot-around and be a part of shoot-around on Friday if you want to start in the game Friday because that's they have a policy. They will not tell people what their actual policy is, but probably something along the lines of that. This is not the world's best example, but here is an example similar to that. In high school, one of the things I did was marching band. We had a rule that um, you had to practice on Thursday afternoon, and you had to be there for Friday morning uh, kind of dress rehearsal run-through. We didn't really get dressed up, but a uh, full run-through Friday morning if you wanted to perform at Friday night's game. And that included the stands or the, or the field, anything like that. We had that rule. If we had a competition that week, it was the same thing. If you were out Thursday and Friday and had not cleared that with the band directors or anything like that, you didn't perform. So my guess is that Trey decided to no-show shoot-around, or to he just happened to not be there. Maybe he didn't come out for it. I, I don't know that he purposely chose to, to miss it as a defying thing. But he does that, and so Nate uh, ends up, he wasn't going to start him in the game, and then Trey, somehow it, it supposedly become mutual that Trey was not going to play in Friday's game. So they both decided that he would not play in the game. And it's weird that the team actually responded and actually did really well, uh, which is not something we expected. But a lot of people are immediately taking Trey's side and, and a few people are taking Nate's. And I say, why are we taking a side at the moment until we figure out what this is? Because Trey Young got the last guy kicked out of town. I don't think he's trying to get Nate kicked out, not, you know, fired or anything. I don't think he's a coach killer. I just think maybe we all have had these issues before. Maybe he's not. He's used to kind of wild, wild westing things, kind of making his own decisions, doing what he thinks he needs to do. And instead, he's got a coach trying to shape him and mold him in a different way, and he just doesn't like it. And so he's kind of button heads a little bit. It happens, kind of. Not problems of authority, but you questioning authority, and that's that happens. You know, we've all questioned the guidance of of uh, a teacher or a coach or a parent or uh, just just anybody in general. You know, people on TV, people that make decisions for other people. You know, it's some some question those. It's fine. I feel like they're going to iron this out because Trey has been back in since, has he not? So it's not a lingering. Not a lingering thing. Not only is his shoulder apparently a little better, but yeah, he has been back in since. And with Dejounte out, he's now going to have to pick up. He's going to have to pick up steam because this Hawks team needs bench play to be a lot better instead of it being so erratic and so just hit or miss. They have got to have somebody else step up with Dejounte Murray no longer uh, or going to be out for a couple weeks. Uh, and, and they're kind of hanging on at the moment. Like, you know, my expectations, like I said, I've got them as like a 3-4-5 seed later in, in as the playoffs will begin. Um, at the moment, they're not looking that good at all. 
they it's just it looks disorganized. And while a lot of people would say, well, disorganization of a team that that would be coaching, uh, maybe maybe it's a little coaching. I just think it's a little the personnel is is not gelling and not working as well together. I don't know if that means you need to swap some of them out or if you need to put them in different positions and see if they can succeed there. I, I think those are things we should definitely look at. But I, I still got faith in these Hawks. And it's also just December. We've got to go all the way into a couple, the second week of April before we know where we're going to be playoff of. Now, I would say probably by late February we'll know. But this this team has the potential to do some really, really good things. And I think they will. And I know you guys think they will because I've talked Hawks with a lot of you guys. But for now, that's your Hawks, NFL, and Falcons updates. We're going to go to a quick break where we will talk about our friends from betonline.net. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little baseball with the Braves and the division and a little World Cup, maybe a little college football playoff right here on That Sports Show. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact Dork from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on That Sports Show. I am Jeremy the Impact York. I want to welcome you guys back. Before the break, we talked a little Hawks, a little Falcons, a little NFL, a lot of good stuff going on in all of those places, and some some stuff we want to get ironed out. But for now, I want to talk a little, let's do the Braves, we'll finish up with the other two, let's talk a little Braves, and in talking Braves, here's the outlying questions. Are they talking to Dansby Swanson? Are they going to bring Dansby Swanson back? And what other moves could they potentially make? I'm with you. I'm with you on that. If you ask me right now, scale of 1 to 10, or, or, you know, what percentage do you think Dansby Swanson will be brought back? I got it at around 70%. I think 70%, but if he tries to get, if he tries to get one of these, um, gosh, who was the, who was the guy that signed, the shortstop that signed, Xander Bogart. You know, if he's trying to get the uh, 11-year, $280 million check from the Braves, Dansby, I'll, I'll save you time, effort, and trouble. That check's not waiting on you. Now, supposedly, they've offered him uh, like 220 or something like that, and I think he turned that one down. He passed on it. So there's got to be a middle ground between 220 and 280. A lot of people would say 250. 
think that number is probably closer to 230, 240 at best. He's a really good player, sure. Really good player. But you got Grissom that can also play there. You've got You've got other options that hey, I, I would love to see Dansby stay with his hometown team, stay here in Atlanta, what he means so much to the Atlanta community. But, you know, you guys even know. Even though I'm a fan of, of the of one of the rival teams, I want the Braves to do well. If and if I'm the Braves, I, I don't let a player hold me hostage over a situation like this. I'm not going to wait too long to where you don't have an option. Like, Freddie almost waited you out. And that's fine. That's his prerogative to do so. I'm just saying that if you're the Braves, you you got to do what you got to do sometimes. And if that means waiting around to bring the player back, then that's fine. If that means moving on or trying to move on, I mean, that's how the Matt Olson trade happened, and that seemed to work out pretty well for all involved parties, actually. But I would say... You know, I would say if if I'm if I'm the GM, if I'm Anthopolis, that Dansby is my priority, but I'm also going to let him know that we're, we're not just going to sit here until you get this number that you want. So let's let's bargain this. Let's figure out where we're actually at, where we can meet in the middle, and let's get you ready for the off season. Like I said, if he continues to want to play hardball, then it is what it is. You don't put the team together for the fans, necessarily. You do to a point, but you're trying to build a winning ball club so that you can win a championship. You're wanting to put a winning product on the field so that the fans do spend their money to come see you and to wear the gear and to support the players and the team. But you can't, you can't let them control and, and dictate every bit of it so uh, you know if you're a Braves fan good thing that happened for you guys was that Jacob DeGrom is now no longer a New York Mets he, is, he took the money and ran to the Texas Rangers good for him um, you look at that Jameson Talion is no longer in the division as well as he goes from the Mets to the Cubs. The Cubs who actually spent some money so far this um, this offseason. They've done a pretty good job. But the thing you've got to watch is all the things you know you know the Mets are good. You know they're going to be really good. They are bringing, they, or they brought their closer back. They have Max Scherzer already, and they brought in Justin Verlander. They currently have not brought back Chris Bassett. I think they should. But there's a couple moves. They've got to go find some bats and some other stuff. they got some prospects as well. So we know they're really good. They gave you a race all the way to the end. And you guys won on a tiebreaker. So, even though you won the division, sure. You won on a tiebreaker. You didn't win free and clear. And you also had nothing left once you got to the playoffs, just like them. 
So we know the Braves are good. We know the Mets are good. The Phillies have absolutely just, I think they just left a bunch of Blake checks all over, all over the table. Uh, they welcome Trey Turner. They, let's see, they also, I mean, they just, they, they've continued to, to sign a bunch of people. Uh, Taiwan Walker, they have brought in, I told you about Trey Turner, 11 years, 300 million. That is a crazy deal, but that could work. And this is for the, the runners-up in the, the World Series, guys. Um, they have also, you know, they've got Zach Wheeler. They've got Aaron Nola. Uh, Strom, that's who they got, right? Yeah. Yeah, they brought in Strom to help their their uh, their pitching. I mean, just the Phillies. The more you look at it, just keep loading up, keep loading up, and so they're going to be really good. You look at all the young talent in Washington, the Nats. They are always kind of. That annoying team on the back end, you know, that the one that just keeps sticking around and sticking around. If you don't watch it, they'll sneak up there. Not to mention that at some point, at some point, the Marlins are going to figure it out and they're going to be kind of good. So the NL East is now just a gauntlet. you got to get through three and a half, four teams if you're going to win this division. Most other divisions, you get one big contender, maybe one more if you're lucky. All the moves that the Phillies have made, you should be a little a little worried about Braves fans. You should be a little bit worried about what the Mets are going to do. You should be a little worried about Miami and Washington. But you're also the defending division champions. I know I said you won on a, on a tiebreaker, which you did. But that does not mean you're not still the best team, at least on paper and possibly on the field, in this division. I want to see what you do with Dansby. I want to, you need to go get an outfielder or two and a little bit of pitching help as well. But I feel good about the Braves. And don't, don't worry about it too much, Braves fans, right now. The winter meetings are, are just, had just really kicked off. That's usually when some of the bigger pieces move around. If by the end of the year you haven't heard anything on Dansby or you haven't seen a big move, that's when you kind of got to figure it out. But, Alex Anthopoulos has also been like GM of the year or close to executive of the year like the last three years in a row. He's made moves that got you to a World Series and moves that or that won you a World Series and moves that got you deep into the playoffs and won your division again in dramatic fashion. So it's going to be another good Braves year. We're going to hopefully get down there and see a few more games this year. Would love to see a lot of you guys down there as well. 
But for now, that will do it for our Braves talk. I want to finish up. Uh, let's talk a little college football playoff, and then we'll talk World Cup, and we will get out of here. Uh, college football playoff, I just want to say a few quick things on. We'll do some more in-depth as we get closer to the matchups, which will be, what, the Fiesta Bowl, where number two Michigan will face number three Texas Christian University, otherwise known as TCU. That's 4 p.m. on New Year's Eve. 8 p.m. on New Year's Eve, you will see the UGA Bulldogs at the Peach Bowl, just up the road from there in Atlanta. They'll be at Mercedes again. They are going to be hosting Ohio State. I will already say that game will get better ratings than the other semifinal and the final. There's no matchup that is going to draw bigger ratings than Georgia versus Ohio State. Just two extremely big national markets. However, for the most part, everybody accepted that TCU is three and Ohio State's four. That's fine. Only a few people said that maybe having Michigan-Ohio State play and then the winner faces Georgia Okay, I can see that too. But I think the college football playoff committee did a good job. This was not easy. When you had number three and number four lose on their conference championships, the difference is is that USC went to two losses, I believe. Ohio State didn't play at all. That's why they bumped up. They were the only other one-loss team. And TCU got their first loss, which made them 12-1, and one, and they lost by a field goal in there to um, was it Kansas State or something. I forgot who they lost to. So that that's why that happened. Is you still continue to have a college football playoff that does not feature a two loss team. And let's let's be honest, those are the four best teams. Ohio State's been at least the third best team all year long. TCU is one of the few who made uh, a big argument about being in it. And I, I would say if Ohio State wasn't going to bump up. USC was the other one. I think everybody else, Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, uh, any of those, you, you're the tier ne- the next tier down. You just are. It is what it is. But I look forward to those games. We'll see where the championship is. I believe the championship is going to be at, at is it at Levi Stadium? I think it's in San Francisco. I'm pretty pretty sure it's in California. We're going to talk more about those games, maybe have some guests on. We still have our UGA show hunker down that will be weekly all the way as long as UGA is still in this, which will probably be until, what, mid-January, whatever that championship game is. But, like I said, college football playoff, I very much think they, they got it right. Very much think they got it right. So, lastly, let's swap and, or let's go to the World Cup where the round of 16, we now know the eight teams that are uh, still in this. And they will start playing as of tomorrow. Or, yeah, as of tomorrow, 10 o'clock. It will be Croatia and Brazil. That will be on Fox. And the 2 o'clock game on Fox will be the Netherlands versus Argentina. How did these teams get there? 
Well, let me tell you. Croatia beat Japan in penalties, in penalty kicks. Because here's what happens. You go a first half with stoppage time. A second half with stoppage time. If you're still if you're still winning then, you go to two overtime periods. If you're still uh, tied at that point, then you go to penalty kickoffs. And that's penalty kicks. And that's what eventually happened where Croatia won 3-1 three, three over Japan. Brutal way for Japan to go out, but great for Croatia. They continue to show that they could be the next big powerhouse. They've been runner-ups in, in like uh, other world tournaments. They, they just seem to always find their way towards the top. If you told me Croatia finds herself in uh, the round of four, it wouldn't surprise me. But Croatia beat Japan on penalties. Brazil Brazil did Brazil things and won 4-1 to one over South Korea. It was a good game if, if uh, you know, if Brazil did exactly what we thought they would. This, this is them building back up. They're back to being the powerhouse they used to be. You had uh, Neymar, Richarlison, you had Lucas Paqueta, you had Vinicius Jr. They all had different goals. Uh, good for uh, Pak Sung-ho getting the Korean goal, by the way. But what do you do with Neymar and what do you do with Rich Arlison? They are all world players and they're on the same team. I mean, just my goodness. How good are they? But they get the win there. Uh, you had Morocco who beat Spain. This was This was nil-nil. It goes all the way to penalties, and Spain just, I don't, they just lost it. Morocco wins 3 to nothing on penalties and eliminates Spain. Morocco is another team where you just, you didn't expect them to be here, but when you see them play, you should expect them to be here. They're that good. And then even the game that is being replayed here in the studio right now, Portugal 6-1 to one over Switzerland. Portugal did this pretty much without Cristiano Ronaldo, who is uh, pretty much in the doghouse, as he just kind of been a jerk. He got himself kicked out of Manchester United. We know that. He's probably going to sign in Saudi Arabia so he can uh, take a bunch of their money, which is fine. Good riddance. You're, out of, you're, you're not in America, and you're out of the English League, so good for you. If Saudis want to pay you, that's on them. But what's embarrassing is that he's basically like even his his own team of, of Portugal is it's kind of tired of his crap. I don't blame him. He's, he's basically being a jerk to everybody and trying to say hey, 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 I'm the big dog. You listen to me. And no, Ronaldo, we don't have to listen to you. You've already embarrassed yourself on a national scale. We don't have to. Here's the crazy thing. They score six goals, and like I said, none of them are Ronaldo. In fact, two of them in the 17th minute and 51st minute are uh, Goncalo Ramos. Actually, he had three. end up a hat trick. He had a 17th minute, the 51st minute, and the 67th minute. That's awesome. Hat tricks are so hard to do. It's uh, They're harder than even in hockey. Uh, Pepe added one. Rafael Guerrero added one, and uh, Rafael Leo added one late in stoppage there. 
the Swiss, on the other hand, they they did good. They made the round of 16, and they just they hit a buzzsaw that is Portugal. Portugal is probably going to win, despite Ronaldo being on the team, and uh, they, I mean they they have they're they're one of those teams that could really do some damage. So we'll see what they do. Uh, I know you guys are going to ask. The Swiss goal scorer was Manuel Ankanji. And that led us to the quarterfinals. I told you about Croatia and Brazil, Netherlands, Argentina. On Saturday, I don't know why they suddenly flipped these times. Or they, they put these weird times. Or they didn't really put weird times. They just they put the primetime spot where it should be, I guess. Morocco, Portugal is going to face off at 10 a.m. on Fox. And at 2 on Fox, the game I will be paying attention to because I'm a big England and England and France. I would say more than likely Brazil is going to beat Croatia. Argentina is probably going to beat the Netherlands. That sets up a juicy, juicy matchup in the semifinals. Portugal is probably going to take care of Morocco. And the winner of England-France. In my opinion, I think it will be England but the winner of England-France will take on Portugal, and I would say probably the winner of England-France has probably got to be the favorite against either Brazil or Argentina in the final. Now, it doesn't matter. You never know. You still have to win your games. You still have to show up. So we'll see what happens with all that. But like I said, in, in my humble opinion, Brazil-Argentina is must-see TV. And England-Portugal will be really, really good as well. At that point, I would, if that happens, I would say it's like this. I think Brazil is better than Argentina. But the fact that this is going to be Leonor, uh, Leo Messi's last World Cup, for uh, not just for Argentina, but in general, and basically before he becomes a member of, of uh, Miami in the MLS, down the road, I think in a year. Brazil is a better team. I think Argentina is just playing with more heart and determination. Argentina will probably beat Brazil. And we would get Argentina versus England. I would obviously pick England in that, but don't discount Argentina winning this one with and for Messi. But we'll talk more about that next week as those games will, will uh, happen over the weekend. But for now, that's all we have here on That Sports Show. This has been another great episode of That Sports Show. I am Jeremy the Impact York. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure to go visit our friends at betonline.net, and we will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.